and welcome to the Holla at Me podcast with Ox Turner. I am Ox. Um, I'm very excited. This is a brand new project for me. Um, this is episode one, and I wanted to offer a little intro before we got to the juice of what the podcast will really be focused on. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I live in Oxnard, California right now. I, I know Ox, Oxnard, they, they, those two had nothing to do with each other. I promise. My parents did not do research on random towns in California to find, to name their son. Um, but like I said, I've been living in, in, in Oxnard for about two years now. Um, during the day I work at a tech company up near Santa Barbara, but my real passion right now is, um, currently comedy. Um, all things comedy, really. I started uh, performing my first my first ever stand up comedy performance at an open mic was four years ago. And ever since then, I've been um, trying to build upon that and build work on my craft and see where it can go. It, that has evolved to now. Um, today, I actually host uh, my own comedy show. Um, it's a live comedy show. We have music, DJs. It's, it's it's fun. So it's really I've just been really trying to push myself um, to the best of 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 my ability, and um, it's been a, it's been a fun journey so far. Um, so the podcast really is just another outlet of of a way to help kind of express myself and also. Um, Basically, the idea of this podcast is I, I love talking to people. I, I have social uh, ADD. Um, I, I can't stay on one side, like one party, one social group too long. I I love communicating with people. I, I, I love people for the most part. Um, I really I find a lot of of like value and I find a lot of inspiration actually talking and hearing people's own unique stories and i'm not just talking about the celebrities you know i'm talking about the john smiths and kind of your you're just your everyday people that they wouldn't expect to be special or feel special but um and in all honesty i i find a lot of value being able to communicate and learn from people that's kind of the best way i've i've learned um i was never great in school with reading um but um, when I did read the autobiographies in school were the things that I, um, that I was connected to more. And, um, I appreciate getting to learn information through conversation versus the internet or again, reading or movies. I would much rather have a conversation with someone that I've never met before, um, to kind of hear their journey. And that's kind of what this project is about. Um, holla at me podcast uh people for people that already know me know i'm kind of a socialite like I, like i said earlier um i could talk i can hold a conversation with almost anybody you know just, just having conversations uh with people just to kind of figure out what they're about why they feel this the way they feel um so that's that's what this is um i hope you guys enjoy the journey um you know i, I the the conversations I'll be having with people are from people that I may have known my whole life or all the way to maybe someone I just met the day before. Um, for the first episode, uh, I was able to um, sit down with uh, a friend of mine from college, uh, Mike Wallace. 
He currently lives in in Los Angeles, California. Um, he moved from the East Coast. He's from um, he's from Maryland. Um, so we sat down for uh, a while, actually, and just had a conversation about his journey. Um, we talked about his journey through sports, through art, through finding himself again. Um, and it was a good conversation. And at the end of the interview, um, I'm actually going to play a snippet of some of his new music that he's working on for his project. Um, again, this is the Holla at Me podcast with Ox Turner. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, um, Ox with the Socks. That's O-X-W-I-T-H-T-H-S-O-X. Um, if you would like to be a part of this podcast or have any suggestions for me, feel free to uh, let me know. You know, I'm always open to criticism. If I don't feel it, then I'll just uh, say go fuck yourself, you know? Anyway, so hope you enjoy the interview. Um, again, if you have any questions or uh, want to be a part of this, uh, feel free to holler at me. All right, thanks. Yo. <laughs> This is my guy, Ox, right here, y'all. What's up, baby? How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm great, bro. Man, it's been almost a year since the last time I got to talk to you. Too uh, long, bro. Um, Way too long. So let's first introduce yourself. Who are you? Shit. I'm Mike Walls. Um, I'm a creative entrepreneur uh, from Penn State. Yeah. You know, that's where we met. I'm from the Silver Spring, Maryland, DMV area. Uh, grew up as an athlete. Uh, went to college, played ball. Um, created a independent like music movement renaissance school, man renaissance man um with my group primary element our radio show off the walls radio um we really capitalized off of our college experience and then use that to elevate ourselves into our professional careers hold on hold on we're going <laughs> we're going all in so mike man you told me to tell him <laughs> mike how you been dude i've been good i've been no bro i've been so blessed yeah tell me what uh first so of all blessed, let's bro. let everyone know how, how do we know each other um shit you remember the class? Yeah, so we were in hip hop. It was an elective at Penn State with Mr. Campbell. Malcolm X. It wasn't hip hop. It, it was wasn't hip hop. It was, it was Malcolm the X. Malcolm X class. Dang. With you remember the the teacher's name though? Mr. Campbell. Yeah, Mr. Campbell. Yeah. Jamie Campbell. Yeah, Jamie Campbell. And all of my <laughs> all of my football <laughs> friends were in there. Ox was in the front of the class with all of us. And dang, man, it was a really great class. It was just so ironic to us that we were in the it was almost uncomfortable <laughs> to be in a black <laughs> Malcolm X class at a school like Penn State just because of the our environment. Describe describe what the environment was versus our Malcolm X class. Complete contrast. <laughs> <laughs> Complete contrast. I mean, it's uh, 40,000 40, undergraduate, students. undergraduate students. How many of those, what percentage do you think were white, male and female? 98. 90. <laughs> we were other? We weren't even like a percentage? I heard we were like four <laughs> at the that time. That was a rumor, though. At four, whatever it was a single digit, whatever it was, and we were proud of that shit. So, <laughs> so Mike, you're from Silver Spring, Maryland. You t you said that, yeah. High school football player, yeah. Our Lady of Good Counsel, high school. How did you end up picking Penn State? And were there other options? Yeah, at the time, I was being recruited by pretty much all of the Division One AA schools. Okay. Um, I got my first D1 offer from Stanford. Okay. At the time, Harbaugh was there. Um, okay, Einstein, I see you. Yeah. I never knew that. No, yeah. That was the first, like, Division One offer I had 
and um, it was all the way across the country. Right. And it was like early in my um, my senior year. So then I ended up getting other offers from New Mexico. Okay. Um, Vanderbilt and eventually Penn State. All at cornerback. Yeah. Okay. Well, Vanderbilt would have let me play both sides. Okay. Wide receiver too. Yep. Okay. Yep. But hmm. Penn State was the only school that I had taken an official visit to. Okay. And that's what really put me over the edge because, like, the environment, the fact that all of my recruiting class was from the DMV. Right. So not all of them, but, right. like, a large big, majority. Yeah, right. So it felt like the move, you know what I mean? Right. And I didn't want to be – I didn't want to miss that wave, you know? Right. And it was cool. Like, Joe Pa was there. Right. It was cold, <laughs> negative four degrees. That was a positive for you? I mean, it felt like a winter wonderland. It felt right. like no, <laughs> it didn't right. feel like any, because, you know, like the whole presentation right. was just kind of like pretty girls who look like you come right. to visit you from the hotel, escort you to the right. facilities, and you get to party with all the players, and uh-huh. you get to be, they, they roll out all the best food on as those a days. As a recruit. Yeah. Right. But no, official visits are the one, man. Like, <laughs> I'm mad I didn't take any other ones, but I, I feel like I didn't want to like... So Penn State was your only official recruiting visit you took? No, I took another. I took another one. It was my only Division One official right. visit. Okay. I went to. I went to Hofstra. Okay. I want to say. Okay. My homie Kendall Haley um, took me. He showed me around. I hope it's. The, I don't think it's the right school, bro. It's okay though. It's okay though. <laughs> I can cut that out. Don't worry. I can cut this all out. Yeah, we gonna keep it moving. So. You pick Penn State. We're in the same class together. We're in a class with probably ninety-eight percent African Americans. Right. And there's two white people, right? And they rode. And I think I made this joke to you. I was like, "Damn, I feel like these white people are riding way harder for the cause than we are." Right. They're in, they they chose as an elective to take Malcolm X, not Malcolm, not Martin Luther King, not Black History. Right. They had they, options. They took Malcolm X. Yeah, I respected those folks. Right. Yeah, it was a big deal. You have to <laughs> distinguish yourselves in these situations, <laughs> in these times. They were justifying that class, though. <laughs> Low key. But inclusion is cool. Right. Inclusion is cool. So we get on a project together. Yes. My major at the time was communications. And I asked if I could interview you because I knew that you had a hip hop side passion. Right. Dude. Huh. Ha. Huh, now you're bringing it back. So yeah. now this is the day. I forget. You you wanted to interview me, and I don't know if we had done the interview or not. It might have been. The, no, it was the same day. It was the same day. It was the same day. I was yeah. shooting a music video on campus with Primary Element called Just Another Day, and it was the first one that we did. I named it, by the way. And Alex came up with a name <laughs> for it. It was like, what's the song called? I was like, I don't know. We were like, yeah. I remember we were finishing the song as I was shooting the video yep, to it. We, yep. was, we was working like that back then. You yeah. feel me? And um, yeah, that joint. One you of my favorite music just another videos day. of all time, man. I appreciate it. And that's in, <laughs> you know, the NCAA, like, shut that video down. <laughs> but it's all good because we had to reshoot it in the in the Just Another Day video that we did reshoot. Right. was the first video to reach 10K views organically on Are YouTube. Are you serious? Yeah, no commercial ads, like, organic, yeah. like, yeah. you feel me? So, and to do 10,000 views on YouTube in, like, what, 2010, 2011, that was kind of like... yeah. By yourself with right. no label or anything, that right. was a big deal. Without spamming every all these other mm-hmm. there's stuff, yeah. Um, so you chose to play football in high school. You chose to play football in college. 
how, how did you balance the football and the music kind of coming up? Man. And, and how early did the music start? Well, the music started in like second grade. What? Yeah, it started around. I've been a musician and a athlete my entire life. Okay. So my mom, she's like the artist, mm -hmm. and my dad is the athlete. Yeah. And I have both of them in my life. Right. So, and I grew up with them, right? So I was very fortunate to have like a household with both my yeah, parents. Yeah, balance, right. Right. And they were such like. There was they were such characters in their own lanes mm -hmm. that I definitely rubbed off on both of them. So right. my mom taught me how to play like piano when I was like little, like probably like age like eight, like not even like piano piano, but right. like just like this is the what little, a C note is. Yeah, and like you know just playing Mary had little lambs, you know whatever. I'm always because we had a piano at the crib. Did that come easy for you, or did you have to work at that? I never, it never stuck with piano. Yeah. Up until now, right. like I'm taking lessons now because right. we're at the 1500 Sound Academy. Right. Shouts to Auntie, right. the best piano musician teacher in the world. Right. Um. No, like I got my basic like rhythm and familiarity with culture okay. through my mom. Okay. Like I remember being in like my living room and she would be playing like soul train songs okay. and like teach me how to do the booty call and the electric slide <laughs> right right and like at christmas you know with all the family over you know you have like the food you have all the oldies playing and stuff like that you know yeah. like the basic vibe but like that means that Ooh, means a Mike, lot do do that do that song you can do yeah you know <laughs> what i'm saying then i'd be like dancing you know what i mean like it was cool um so then but then at the same time my dad's the athlete so i've been playing like organized sports since i was like seven eight years old uh-huh both in basketball football baseball like yeah. i was soccer even yeah I, you know i was active in that realm since the beginning and i i i guess i was like um diagnosed with adhd when i was younger wow okay but my parents never told me that because they didn't believe in so that they shit. knew yeah so they told you later at some they point they never they still don't we don't they still don't acknowledge it loki right but it's like one of those things where I had to understand. It's like I have like a hyperactive mind, and not that it's not that it should be diagnosed yeah. as something called ADHD. Right. But it just means that I need um, a higher frequency of like activity yeah. than the average person. So right. my parents like kind of built a life around that mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like i was always they after kept you stimulated always at all at all times right so going back to your question about i'm just going to jump ahead a little bit just going yeah. back to your question about how to balance like football yeah in music yeah it's like if i have 24 hours in the day mm -hmm. at a place like on on a campus with all these facilities all these people yeah I'm, I have a lot of notoriety. I'm pursuing my career in sports at the time right. while also pursuing my love, which is music and creating at the time. Right. Um, I was going to utilize all those hours because <laughs> right. I was used to utilizing all my hours growing up. Right. And being on a schedule, like a curriculum, yeah. like a regimented program, like right. how Penn State uh, kind of – it was like the foundation that it gave me and all of the players right. um, on the team. So. I already knew what my day was going to be like. Right. I just knew the blocks in time where I had to myself. Right. And those specific blocks that I had, I used for myself instead right. of, like, wasting them. Right. Not to say that, like, partying and, like... The one thing I didn't do was play video games. No. To this day. Like, I don't play video games. Like, I don't knock anybody for playing video games. Yeah. 
the only game that I ever got caught up in, like that took hours of my life away, right. was Guitar Hero, <laughs> and that was because it's a music, it's a right. music game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't like leisurely play video games. No. I leisurely like create. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. So the time that I had to myself, which I valued so much, because if I wasn't in school, I was at practice. If I wasn't at practice, right? It's at workouts, not at workouts. I was in study hall, right? So like, as much as that feels like control and constricting, yeah, it really is like the best way I, I look at it now as an adult right as like a ceo who like needs to like manage time appropriately and energy appropriately need, and money appropriately you need, and stuff. Plate. you need to have like structure right <laughs> and i would never like my 2009 self would never say that no never no but i'm mature now the so 2009 mike i know was the opposite yeah i mean but like i it's a balance though because to know structure and not know freedom or to know freedom and not know structure, y'all just on two different polarities of the spectrum. Right. To know both at the same time and utilize both in a balanced way. Right. That's the key, I feel. Right. Yeah. Did you came you had a lot of growth at some point. So you yeah. you had this structured life where you were kind of told to play music, play football. You ended up like understanding that you were good at both and those both could take you some places at some point. Like at what point on your own did you did you kind of have this awakening of understanding of I need the structure I need all this on my pl- I need to take off a big chunk to help keep me stimulated. Um, mm. I think it was when I came out to California and failed really hard. Oh yeah, you know when you're uh, an adult in the real world after mm-hmm. schooling or right when you get out the house, depending on whatever time that starts for you. Yeah. You know, you're uh, 100% accountable for every action that you make. It's right. like you can't blame, like, your teacher. You can't blame your parents. You can't blame anybody. So it's like whenever I was making my own moves, I had to stop relying so much on my ego right? and the things that I thought I knew right? and become a student all over again after being a student for all these years. Right. Like, the mind trick that they make is like, yo, yo, perfect, bro. Good, bro. We good. The mind trick that um we all go through is like you go to school from like kinder like I guess kindergarten mm-hmm. to like twelfth grade if you're in high school, then right. from twelfth grade to like undergrad, right? From uh, for however long you want to do, and it, within these structures of education, it's like whenever you finish, yeah, you feel like I don't need to learn anymore. No, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I, I'm I'm done learning. Yeah. I'm done being a student. Throw these done. books away. I never got to read again. Never got to read again. That's exactly you what you more feel like reading now, huh? More, <laughs> bro. I've never read so much. I, I'm just so grateful. Um, yeah. I'm so grateful that I learned how to become a student uh-huh. through my schooling. Wow. Regardless of like whatever rudimentary or uh, like tedious or whatever whatever the subject was that I don't remember. Right. I have more than 10,000 hours at learning for sure the skill for sure regardless of the subject so now i can apply subject matter right that i need to know and you know how to learn it and i know how to learn it so in school you were very big on college is not for everyone college I was is not for me yeah do you still feel that way college was for me really but yeah okay cuz college is a playground with all the resources there were so many that you resources. could use and my, I was very much so pro free life, which I am today. Yeah. Free life enterprises up and running. Right. So, you know, that's your whole motto. It's my whole motto. So it's like, I was like, 
I'm very pro freedom, which means, but in in school everybody was like being pressured or yeah. convinced to study things that made money right. versus study things that they were passionate, passionate about, about right. that they can learn to make money with. Right. And like our homegirl Paige, she was in she was a pre med <laughs> student. And what's up, Pop? Shout out to Paige. What's good? I don't even need to do that. I don't even need. You can't even bring her name up casually. You know what I'm saying? It's like let's take a moment for Pa the Queen. So Pa was doing <laughs> moment of silence. Yeah, for sure. Pa was uh, <laughs> a pre med major, and she and I seen her. She was like just hating her life, and I saw so many other of my classmates and friends. Yeah. In that same situation. Yeah. And I was like, well, why do you hate it here so much? She was like, well, because I hate what I'm learning. She didn't say it like that, but she was just like, I don't like, I want to be like the next Aaron Andrews. Right. And I was just like, well, why don't you be a communication? She was like, well, my dad's playing for this and right. I blah, 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 blah. And, right. And my, you know, I'm, you know, I'm already in it. And right. like, this is the expectation. This is my identity. Right. Not just Paige, but like everybody who was in that situation. I can't and I'm believe, sitting here yeah. like, bro, I have a full-time job playing football here and they have to, for a lot of us, they have to choose our majors. We have, I mean, we don't have the freedom to choose our majors because it might compete with our football curriculum. Right. And that's fucked up, first yeah. and foremost. But second and foremost, y'all have all the time in the day, all the freedom in the world to choose where you want your future to go. But you decide to let somebody else choose for you. And I just couldn't fuck with that. Yeah. And I still don't fuck with it. And look at Paige today. Yeah, <laughs> killing it, <laughs> killing it. Because it's about living your life, yo. Right. It's about it's about knowing who you are, right? And fig or trying to know who you are. Yeah, just being on the journey of learning who you are. You can, if you're an undergrad, like you're not going to know by 22 who you're going to be and what you're going to do for the rest of your life. How old are you now? I'm 27. When did you figure out who you are? Today. Every day. Every day, bro. You're learning who you are. Every single day. Yeah. It's revealed to me every single day. This is the journey I'm on. And it becomes more and more clear. And I be get, and I get more and more joy from the clarity. Yeah. From the gratitude of these lessons and these pitfalls and these trials and these achievements, right. man. It's like the whole thing is amazing. So you said you fell when you, when you first moved to L.A., you had a you had a loss. Yeah. What? Financial loss. Yeah. Creative loss. Yeah. Losses in the family, right. like loss from just everything pulling at you. Yeah, man. Like, what were the things that pulled you back out? Started to like once you break yourself down, you were able to pull yourself out. What were some of the things that helped you keep hope alive? Man, I got around better people. Okay, I found my tribe. So your circle, yeah. Your so tribe. I was at I was at the Apple Store working part time yeah. retail at the Grove. You were a genius. You're Apple genius. If I if I w was going to be full time, yeah, that's where I would have gone. Yeah, but because I, but you can't be a part time genius. So what do they call people that aren't geniuses? Specialists. Common folk. Oh, call <laughs> 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 specialists. Okay. I'm dropping too many Apple bars right now. They just hit a trillion. So do not come after me. <laughs> I'm on your team. Okay, <laughs> alumni. <laughs> I'm repping uh, out here. Forget about me, you geniuses. I was the associate. Yeah, man. <laughs> so I was at Apple, and I was splitting time. Well, first of all, I was so anti-job Yeah. when I came to L.A. I was so anti-job because I, I felt valuable. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? With no knowledge of how to navigate my career in the music industry. Right. And I had a lot of ego, too. Uh-huh. So coming from 
taking over this entire city. Granted, it's a big city, and I'm very, very grateful and humbled by all that we accomplished there. Yeah. And it was outstanding. You right. know what I mean? But right. Trying to trying to take that success and convert it in a different environment on a different side of the country mm-hmm. was going to take way more than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And it humbled me. Okay. And through that humility, I was able to sit down. Yeah. Get still. Yeah. And force. Well, I didn't force anything, but my relationship with like the universe and God and and things that are out of my control is like uh, kind of just releasing. Yeah. You know, anything that you felt like you have control of. The doubt and the uncertainty. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's it's a uh, counterintuitive, but. Letting go mm-hmm. is like the biggest thing that you can ever do for to sure. get in alignment with like the highest power. For sure, and ego will keep you. <laughs> it will keep a wall between you and alignment yeah. every single time. For sure, that ego will hold you back. Yeah, bro. You so I'm really I'm proud. Say again. You can never be too proud. Nah, you can never yeah. be too proud. You can never. <sighs> you can never think that you know everything. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, I came out here thinking that I knew what I was doing instead of coming out here like, let me just learn. A student, right. Let me just be a student in the first year. Like, right. I redshirted my 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 freshman year at Penn State yeah. so that I can be a student of the game and be right. a student of the program and learn and be a, a product that I could uh, be utilized for future seasons. Right. And I wasn't thinking like that. And I think it was a little bit because mm. when I got, to, first of all, when I left Penn State and I got to LA, right. I was still healing. Right. I was still healing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot of trauma that went on from, you know, in that time period yeah. that I went through directly. Right. Especially like going through that and then not being able to play football mm-hmm. anymore because of my injury. Yeah. It, was something that at the time I didn't have a lot of emotional awareness. Right. And I didn't have a lot of, um, I didn't have enough regimented self-love for myself. Right. To give myself time and space to like heal. Instead, I was like, let me just get after to the next thing as fast as I can to block that and to, to make something of myself to prove, you know, all those things that go on. I remember you having a little chip on your shoulder and I don't sense that on you anymore. I, I have a chip on my shoulder in a different way. Right. I have a chip on my shoulder. I don't even know if it's a chip on... Explain that. I would like to know. The chip on your shoulder was kind of like... Like, there were forces at hand that were trying to keep you down, essentially. Right. Like, almost like you were from Philadelphia. And you had to prove to everything where you live the people you around the world that you were the shit and i don't sense that from you anymore i get i get a much more like you are at peace with what you were trying to do as opposed to everything you're doing is not good enough like you know you you weren't like in the present you were i'm doing this thing but like i'm trying to get to this place because i gotta i gotta do it and which is like i love the hustle is i respect so much i respect hustle in every person which is why i still respect you to this day but I felt like you just weren't at peace with where you were when I knew you back when you first moved here versus now you seem very confident and like calm about where you are in life and what you're trying to do. You, you know, you seem very uneasy with with where you were two years ago when I first met you down here in L.A. That's a blessing, bro. Thank you. Yeah. 
Thank you, bro. I really appreciate that. That's just the ode to the work that I've been putting in on my inner and the relationship that I have with God and spirit and the universe now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, because back in those days, bro, it it was an emotional, egoic thing. Yeah. Like, I was a young man. Right. <clears throat> developing a sense of who I was um, at a time where my identity was being challenged. Right. And um, my abilities were being challenged. And I felt like I had to fight then. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had to fight. Right, the You're environment that I was in. Right, exactly. And and when did, when was it God that helped you understand that you're not being challenged at all times, or there at least you had that release to where you don't have to feel like you're always having to prove something. I think it was. Um, I think it was just awareness. Right. I think that I was navigating that environment with a bit of naivety. Yeah. And. When I came out of that situation and got to look at it, the whole thing from the outside in, it was just like, wow, college sports is just a fucked up thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I was involved in it. There's not a, yeah. you can't really find a true peace and harmony in an environment that you don't fully understand. Right. Or that wasn't designed for you to win the way that you want to win for yourself. Right. Um. And so, yeah. Would you let Mike Wallace Jr. He doesn't have any kids, anybody that's listening, but would you let hypothetical Mike Wallace Jr. play college football? He would be the third, actually. Okay. Because I'm the junior. You're a junior. <laughs> would, you met, would, you, would you let Mike Wallace the third play college football? No. Not the way that it is today. You wouldn't let him play. If he, if he was high school, would you let him play high school football? Well, I'll tell you this. Yeah. When Mike... Well, whatever my son's right. name whatever his is name. Yeah. in the future. Right. Um, the college athletic system will be different because I will have had a part in changing it. Wow. And it'll be designed and based from a way where student athletes can actually thrive in careers outside of sports right. when that eventually happens at right. every level. Right. Not just tossed to the side once you're done helping yeah. them make money. I always thought it was weird that Cause you know, once you get out to part of the other reason why I failed so much is because I had a college degree, yeah, and I felt like that was my protecting shield and like I have all that I need to make it in the world. Yeah, I guess at least in the back of my head, I feel like a lot of college students feel that way. Right. Um, but when I, but I realized how much being a student athlete actually limited me in like real world experiences yeah because when i was in school doing the music thing Mm -hmm. because i was an ncaa athlete i wasn't i didn't have the ability to like really grow a business Mm -hmm. because of you weren't allowed to i just wasn't allowed you were owned by the ncaa exactly i mean you talked about you had the music video you had to take down like you've had multiple tracks mixtapes things you weren't straight up allowed to yeah Anything that I had my face on, I had to take off. Posters, albums. Which is... Which destroys your brand, which which destroys the marketing, which makes you have to... You know what I'm saying? And it's just like a lot of challenges that like really crippled my business. Right. That I had to learn how to rebuild and restructure. Right. Because I didn't get the real world experiences I was creating myself legitimately. Right. Because I was doing... Like all that stuff I was doing with music was almost on some like... Technically, any music you made, the university owned at that time. I don't... I don't if you made it on I campus, guess. technically, I feel like I've, I've, what, what, I, equi- from what I've read. Yeah, who knows? I wouldn't, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't disbelieve it, bro. Like, honestly, that's why I was, like, treading water throughout that whole thing, even though I knew I could just blow it up. Yeah. Because by the time we got 10,000 views yeah. on our video, by the time Global Grind, Russell Simmons brand right. uh, publication at the time started following the, our, our moves. Yeah. By the time, like, we opened for um, Big Sean. Right. And, Remember like, that. Sold out, not sold out the State Theater, but did a really dope show at the State Theater. Right. It was just like, I could do so much, and I'm just not allowed to, and that's not fair. Right. And I don't want any student athlete in the future to have to be limited for, uh, by the program or the system of the NCAA. Yeah. Um, and so that and so that they can actually have skills that they can use on campus when they're studying whatever they want to study. Right. And take it, um, above and beyond. We're gonna get off college, at, but. So you got to touch it though, because that's, that's like the genesis. Well, no, of course, because that's how that's how so much I know you. But where did the inspiration for the radio show come from? Because that that ev- evolved way more than what you ever expected, I'm sure. Wow, yeah, man, because the radio show came through as an opportunity mm. when I through when, music or through the sports, through the absence of sports. Yeah, when I when I got injured and had to relinquish my status as an NCAA athlete. I got the opportunity to host my radio show um, with the student radio show, The Line 97 FM. Off the Walls. Off the Walls Radio. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, that was such a trip, man. You built a team, man. Yeah, bro. We were like, just like, oh, man. I remember in the summer, man. Like, (laughs) yeah. Because so, because I, so yeah, it was both because of sports and music. It was because of the combined notoriety that I guess Nacho felt like it was a good shout out to Nacho. Shout out to Nacho. <laughs> uh, the program director thought it would be a good idea to offer me this opportunity. Yeah. And sh- I had nothing at the time. Like everything, you have to imagine, like everything felt like it was stripped away from me. My eligibility. Right. right. Uh, years right. of eligibility that I, that I was planning to use to get my second degree. Like right. I lost a year and a half. Right. In in a moment. Right. You know what I mean. But I was grateful for the time that I did have. And yeah. when I realized that once it was once I settled in on the knowledge that like I only had a semester left in school when I thought I was gonna have two additional years. Right. Um I was just like, I'm about to take this and run. I mean, that's tough. We only got six months left. Right. Go. I mean, I, it's it's funny because like when things happen to us at the age that we are, every time, like I feel like we're like we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like in the grand scheme of things, we're only twenty at this point. We're only twenty one. We're only nineteen, which is crazy that we let that affect us that as much as it does. Right. You know. And so, fortunately for you, you've <laughs> usually been able to turn negatives into bigger positives than you ever dreamed of. Probo promo. Probo promo. <laughs> when you get probation, then you get a promotion. <laughs> How did you do it so many times, bro? So you no, you know why, bro? Because we all believed in that we, shit, bro. Right. Here's the thing about us, man. Here's the thing: we were all misfits, bro. Yeah. I had just lost my scholarship. Right. Pa just like got kicked out of her sorority. Right. Aiden was on his fifth year, about to fail. Right. You, Kim <laughs> was being Kim. Chin was on academic probation. And I think you were the one who had the, your shit the most together. You were just like, y'all, just come on. I'm just here for support, y'all. <laughs> like, what's going on? Ben Jones was the fucking man. Ben Jones. Shout out to Ben Jones. Biggest handle at Penn State at the time. At the time. At the time. <laughs> I heard he has a book out. Go get that. What do you mean? Her. Yeah. I I still need to order it. It's on backlog. I'm, 
<laughs> it's a it's on my Amazon wish list. Don't nah, worry. but I'm sending vibrations and attention <laughs> to that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like Nah, but we were I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just <laughs> Nah, because there's so much to talk about. Like we were so dope together because no matter we were all going through bullshit in our lives. We all were. We were all going through so much. <laughs> and so we true. we literally just committed to coming together Tuesdays, Wednesdays, what, 9 to 11? 9 to 11. And just had the best time. It and was the best time. <laughs> the best time. We would just go into the radio room, record, you know what I'm saying, just ha- just talk our shit, make a, make a whole scene at the hub. Like, it was, just a, it was just an amazing experience. And what we were able to build and how it was able to transcend and become a platform for all of us to stand on you were getting sponsors you were getting you were getting backstage passes bro we, we were sneaking into shows <laughs> we were, no, we we were, were. interviewing <laughs> everybody who came to penn state if you were an artist juicy j juicy j talib kwali talib asherah big crit big crit uh charlamagne the guy charlamagne the guy who Paige works for to this day because of that interview shout out to Charlamagne too so i want to know we're gonna get off of college because you have so much more to offer than what you used to do i want i want one sports highlight i want one music highlight and i want one radio show highlight sports highlight anything from high school to college anything from high school to college yeah is there one moment that sticks out at you that's like that that was probably one of the best moments i've ever had doing that thing Bro, running at Penn Relays and winning our heat mm-hmm. as a as like um, high school four by one <sighs> on the first leg, Jelani second leg, Chris Brown at UPenn and Caleb Porzel. Yeah, yo, at UPenn exactly. So, what you call like track is my favorite sport. Okay, I love. Like the thing about football is, I love the game. Corner as a position isn't my favorite. No, but that's Which when I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, and I had to play varsity. Right, and that position was the one that I would play to be on the varsity team starting. Yeah, I was like, that's the position I'm playing. I owned it. You right. know what I'm saying? But like, the thrill of yeah. being a first leg four by one, four by two runner. Yeah, and running in front of like a world stage. Yeah, like it's one thing to. It's, it's hard to compare, and I hate that I'm doing it <laughs> right now. Oh, yeah. But this is just where I am at this moment today. Yeah. There's one thing to, you know, perform in front of 100,000 people. Yeah. You know? They're all they're all screaming and stuff for the the whole, the team. Yeah. It's crazy. You can't even perceive, conceive that. Like, it's so gnarly. But it's, a other, it's another thing to play to – like a stadium's a stadium is what I'm saying. For sure. You know what I'm saying? For like, sure. It can be a hundred. It'll be louder. Yeah. But the you zoning it out and stuff and doing your thing, that's like to win. It's 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 the same. You know what I'm saying? In terms of like, in terms of football, but when it comes to like track, yeah. When the stadium is filled with like different countries around right. the world. Oh, you pen. I mean, the and pe- they're the all pen just like waving their flags. Yeah. And like the Jamaican jerk chicken is coming out from the uh, <laughs> the beef patties, the beef patties, bro. <laughs> yeah, and you can't eat it until after your heat. Oh yeah. So I was running fast, bro, because I'm trying to get to that jerk chicken from Man, 
right straight from like straight from Jamaica. You know, there was Bayesians there, there was Cubans <laughs> there, and then you got to see and like you stuck around. You got to see the college heats, oh, and after yeah. that, you got to see the professional the heats. Yeah, and it was just like I don't know, man. Something about track is such a uh, noble like sport, and it's like it's it's something like really iconic about like being a runner is yeah. a different thing. You have to be cocky. Because you have to believe in yourself. Whoa. Which is kind of relatable to and your a, whole self to too. a cornerback though. I think cornerbacks are kind of that's kind of relatable personality. I yeah. I always I wish I could I was fast. I uh I tried out for the track team in my middle school year. Field team. I did shot put. I was you know, I used to have suffered with uh obesity. Childhood early heard obesity to be a kid and I remember one time we were short someone on, on the one hundred meter. And so they, they they asked me to run it. What happened? It's got, okay, bro. I got the claps at the end. You know, the, like the last place claps. Yeah. Where like everyone. Oh. It's okay, like the courtesy clap. The, I got the courtesy clap, which is the worst. Uh, I tried my hardest, and it was like me and one other fat kid at the end, and like it was the race <laughs> between the us us two at this point, and he he beat me out, and that that was a hard that was hard for me to accept. I hated those little courtesy claps, and from that day, I've always wished I had some sort of speed. So, I mean, track has been something that I've always loved to watch, and that so that's so that was your that was your athletic highlight. Yeah, I mean, I've had so like when it comes to like when it comes to football and playing at Penn State, I know it might be like, oh man, I'm gonna say this, bro. Every every memory that I have like playing at Penn State, yeah. First of all, I guess the only highlight that I had playing in the game because I didn't play right, that much, much right. until I was starting and then I got injured. Right. Um, what was it? It was uh, Eastern Michigan, and they put me in in like fourth quarter or whatever. Right. Put me in like when they were on like the fifty or something like that. They ended up getting all the way to like the ten. Yeah. On a third down. Yeah. Bro, I'm on, I'm on the left. I'm playing left corner at the time, left field corner. Yeah. And this man. I was like, they're gonna throw it to this. It's crazy because I, I I know exactly the player you're talking about. Yeah, I was there. Uh, yeah, I was like, nah, they're definitely throwing it to my man's. Yeah. So he pulls up on me, and he's not blocked because there's an energy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There's an energy from a receiver when you know that he's either like blocking you, right, and or he's going for the pass. And yeah. then it's a, when it's like a red zone field, like and they're in the red yeah. zone or whatever. They're going past it, especially on the third down, because you know you could always run it or whatever. But right. anyway, so he he. He goes out on me. I blocked that jump in the end zone. Hella hype. Hella hype, nigga. <laughs> niggas try to play me, bro. Right, exactly. They try to put me in in the fourth quarter, try to act <laughs> like I ain't picking balls and super. Pucks. <laughs> like, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I'm not out here doing this shit, bro. Right. I be doing that at practice all the time. Right. But, like, you know, seniority and, you know, different. I don't know, man. Who's the greatest athlete you've ever seen? Greatest athlete I've ever seen. That is such a hard question, bro. I remember. Ryan. I played with so many people, bro. I honestly, like on my team, the greatest athlete. Okay, I would say like the f- the first thing that comes into my mind is like I would say Gerald Hodges. <sighs> Gerald Hodges used to be. I mean, he he could do everything. They yeah, had no, returning he, kicks his yeah. senior year. No, yeah, because he was a he was a safety, right? And he came in, right? 
convert him to and linebacker. And they convert him to a linebacker. He beasted on both. Like he, if you stayed at like uh, like a strong safety, yeah. it would have been a problem. Again, he like switched to outside middle linebacker, and he's balling right now to this day. Man, he looks like a monster right now. Mm-hmm. Shouts to G Hodge. That's yeah. my homie. Yeah. Um, man, Caleb Porzel, Jelani Jenkins. <laughs> the homies, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Caleb, fastest kid ever. Jelani, freak athlete, just natural athlete. Right. Linebacker, second leg in a national uh, junior Olympic to four be by one. That size, man. Jay is fast, bro. Running like sub four fives as a linebacker. Craziest athlete I've ever seen in person. We played against uh, Javid Best. He played at. Uh, at a what school? He played a high school in Richmond, Salesian, and we played them. and And I'm not lying; he had probably like seven seven touches for like 250 yards. Every time he touched the ball, zoom touchdown! Like 80 yard touchdown, 60 yard touchdown. Mm. He just ran circles around us. Man, six touches, like 250 yards. I, I was like, oh, that's what a real athlete looks like. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he, that's it's just it's just like it's just clear cut when you see someone that's elite like that, you know. Yeah, man, we train hard, bro. And I think from like being a like that kind of athlete, like an elite athlete yeah. to converting to converting that energy to music and entertainment. Right. It it starts to make sense to me how I've gotten to where I am just right. because of <clears throat> how I learned to become great. You know what I'm saying? I had so many different coaches like For sure. From middle school, like even elementary school, my dad coached me since I was like second grade. You right. know what I'm saying? He also coached Josh Hart, who is now who he is. You right. know what I'm saying? Shouts to the homie. Right. Um. So I've always just had great. My dad really just surrounded me from the beginning with like great male role models. Right. And coaches in in my coaches right. and like those coaches also were my god was my godfather or like my like my fam- like close family friends you yeah. know what i'm saying so you build a village around yeah. coaching and playing sports and being family and it showed you what you needed to have around you to be successful exactly so fast forward to today yeah 1500 or, or nothing mm-hmm. sound studio what do you do today mike so man that's a big jump. Okay, so <laughs> 1500 or nothing is like that family um, that I found out here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep, like, one of my biggest codes to success is like get around people who are doing what you're doing right. at the level that you want to do it. Right. It's like, who do you listen to? Who do you study? Right. So when I was at Apple, uh, I didn't, didn't, I realized I didn't finish that story. Basically, a group of transfers from New York came, mm-hmm. and they all did music, and they were all, like, of the culture, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And we all became great friends. Mm-hmm. That manifested in me becoming a part of a group called The Wave. Mm-hmm. Um, that manifested in me teaming up with my 2020 twin, Kiara The Voice, right? Um, creating a platform called Open Door Policy. That manifested in me and Key's interviewing rants for our radio show right which allowed that relationship to start and from that conversation um we got kind of welcomed into the family right and um rance dobson that's like my big bro you know ever since we had that interview like i've been 
like just following him and being allowed to learn under him for like the past three years. Right. And he's just been the best mentor, friend, like inspiration that I could, you know, ever ask for. Mm-hmm. You know, navigating the music business as an independent black owned CEO. Right. You know, he's a entrepreneurial innovator mm-hmm. and a world class musician. Yeah. He also didn't believe that to be single focused or to be one track minded without and it with having the ability to become more. Right. You know what I'm saying? Going back to the analogy of like student athletes being trained to have tunnel vision to one lane. Yeah. Not thinking about, oh, I can have this creative music passion and build something off of that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they'd rather you have that one that one track minded focus, right? Right. But like we are now at the fifteen hundred Sound Academy building a culture where creatives learn how to become entrepreneurial executives right. expand out you know what i'm you saying started out as just wanting to be a rapper then you got the radio show and then you're now you're yeah. producing shows yeah you're, produ- you're producing music now mm-hmm. you're teaching music now yeah ableton yes ableton Speak game about that. yeah i mean learning from rants from the past for the past three years i got to see firsthand as um i got to see firsthand as a student you know what it takes to make it in the industry right what it looks like what it feels like right uh just in the beat in it there's no other way you can learn except for to be in it so i offer my my skills as a service to the building of the 1500 or nothing movement right um and in return i got to travel Mm -hmm. across the country i got to learn firsthand Mm -hmm. how to make music that lasts lifetime you right. know what i'm saying and in, in the time that i've been with 1500 we've produced um these walls can talk by K- kendrick lamar 24 karat magic by bruno mars um Soul. we were on soul train we were jay-z's band for the 444 tour i got to go on that tour you know what i'm saying so we we're you know ski tv house band like so much stuff has happened, you know what I'm saying? In in music history in general. When were you saying you 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 found a new respect for working with Future also? Exactly, because Future's um live um engineer mm-hmm. has his voice and his microphone so proper and being able to be a part of the band right and like learning what sound design and like like you know, live engineering looks like at yeah. that level. I was like, Wow, it's like Future really does this. He he travels with his own personal audio engineer, right. who sound checking his <laughs> his levels and his mics, and just to see a production at that level in general. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Being on the 444 tour, yeah, like just like seeing how all the drum techs and all the lighting people and all the grips they they take down and, t- and they take down and rebuild that stage every night from city to city. Yeah, in like the most efficient speed you've ever seen. It's like crazy. It sounds like your goals evolve all the time as the more you learn. Man, because they do. They do, bro. What, what, what What's that fire that's, what's the fire that drove you to finish college when you were, when you were doubting certain things about it? What's the drive that you have that's, that got you out here to California by yourself where you don't know anybody? What's that drive that's getting you to, go to God now and like find that, that peace or continue to do this stuff. And like the more you're learning, the more you're expanding, like what, what, where's that fire coming from? Bro. Cause I know, I know, I know what's against me. 
Hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I've always felt the energetically, I've always felt the energy of they don't want me to win. Hmm. Never did. You know what I'm saying? And I never, I didn't understand. Is they society or they? I did, yeah. Society, the energies and the powers that be in general. Right. Like, I didn't have an awareness of that because, again, I'm like naive and tunnel visioned, which is good in some respects. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Because that part didn't distract me early. Focus, right. <laughs> if I got woke too early, I would have just been like. <laughs> right. It, nah, I mean, shout out to the woke kids now. Like, change that shit <laughs> right now. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But, like, um, I guess I've always I've always felt that there was there was forces against me, and I've always, because of my competitiveness yeah. um, and my attitude towards winning and being great and mm-hmm. becoming a champion, mm-hmm. I just won't accept defeat right you can't nah i can't and i and then as i and that was like early on but as i grow i feel like i just as i grow i feel like i have to be the best version of myself not only for myself yeah but for everybody and everything that i love right i have chosen a career in not only music entertainment but in culture Mm -hmm. you feel me being a black man in america a young black ceo creative visionary yeah is a rare thing because we don't ever a lot of us don't get the opportunities to grow in the ways that i have Mm -hmm. and even if you have even more of us don't get the opportunity to become enlightened and to become mentally free right i i I think to speak on to what you're saying i think a lot of that is because we don't have the opportunity to fail and you learned one of your biggest lessons from failing here wow and a lot of people i think my biggest learning moments have come from failing you know and i've had the opportunity to have a safety net at some point or at least i've created safety nets in my life or or at least have the will to get back up when i've fallen but a lot of i feel like african-americans suffer from the fact that they don't have that comfortability to fail. You know, white kids have, uh, in general speaking, have more chances, more, like more chances. Up, yeah, for sure, more resources to help them bounce back. Yeah, which we don't have the access to a lot of the time. Yeah. So, fast forwarding to or reversing back to the fast forwarded question: <laughs> <laughs> Where am I at today? Yeah, I'm at the 1500 Sound Academy, a manifestation of what needs to happen in culture. Um, Developed by Rance Dobson, our CEO, and James Fauntleroy, our president. Yeah. Um, they came up with the idea to give everything that they know about navigating the music industry as independent creators mm-hmm. um, and giving all that knowledge back to the culture, mm-hmm. back to students who want to um, pursue their own careers in music and entertainment. Yeah. And the 1500 Sound Academies, frankly... The X-Men School for Creative Geniuses. (laughs) It's the first ever X-Men School for creative prodigies, for people who are pursuing their greatest version of their creative expression. Right. That's everything from music to film to production to songwriting, entrepreneurship, coding, 3D, VR, AR development. Like, we're next level with this shit. So, and it's giving it, and we're writing Inglewood. You're right in the heart of it. We're right in the heart of Inglewood. Right yeah. here, baby. 
Yeah. Not going nowhere. So that's what's up. Fifteen hundred and nothing, man. It's uh, it's the superhero friend group that <laughs> Marvel needs to contact us about because we're the real life versions. We're yeah. the real life superheroes, and Rance has shown me and has allowed me to understand what that is in reality. Yeah. And has allowed me to help develop his vision and create it with him. And I've in turn not only helped, you know, fifteen hundred and contributed to that movement grow. Yeah. But I've also used that knowledge to develop my own and grow the next generation of what fifteen hundred is in the wave and Afro House. Are you working on any personal projects right now? Yes. Let me hear it. So I'm about to go on tour. First of all, <laughs> how you just how you just going? Yeah, because there's so many things. So personal projects, man. That when before when people used to ask me that question, I always used to be like, I always used to interpret it as, do you have any albums? Yeah, are you coming out with any more music? Yeah. But really, my personal project first is like my self care, my self, uh, my self love regimen for sure. First and foremost, you know what I'm saying. I'm on my like. Trying to get it out to no, I am going to be doing daily hikes. There you go. You know, I'm on like daily, daily, or weekly might be, but like no, I'm on weekly already. So we on the weekly swag already. Every day you want to be up there at the Hollywood sign. Yeah, so Runyon has like real routes. (laughs) I know everybody wants to go to Runyon and take Instagram pictures and be cute and profile or whatever, but there are some (laughs) real routes that you can go on Runyon that will that'll challenge you so you're running up these hills i'm running these hills i have like a I, this is the, it's the superhero training course i was mentioning so it's all in, this is all 1500 well i'm a you know i'm an you're extension of 1500 yeah so right. it's just like i'm now just awakening everybody to their superhero do you do these runs? runs with anybody else yeah um my homie rajay he's okay. a, he's a mountain man himself he he he's the one who actually got me on the mountain right so and he's a very talented artist himself. Shouts to Ra, but um, <laughs> I'm about giving credit if you for don't sure, understand. yeah. Um, but I'm I'm really encouraging like anybody who wants to join me or at Runyon to holler at me, hit me in the DM, Mike Walls with a Z, um, on Instagram, because like yeah, you can you are allowed to, to for sure advertise your DMs. Go ahead. No, for sure, like slide hit me. right into his DMs, guys. Please, because. Run. If you're in LA, I'm yeah. about to be on Runyon probably in like the six AM to six thirty time period. That's start, start a group. You gotta start the day strong. Start a start a Facebook group. I, I, I will. I'm serious. <laughs> I will. I'm, yeah. Um Okay. And see and No, because like, you're you're really good at managerial things. So like y- yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm all about you playing to my now. strengths. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what that is. But um, on top of that, it's like nutrition. On top of that is wellness. And the reason why I'm saying all these things is because when your inner is, like, working and efficient, For sure. your outer works in the same harmony. For sure. And that's something that I learned out here, and I want to encourage that in the culture in general. Because when you, be, when you, when, when you live what you preach, then right. it's not hard to influence. You know what I mean? You're still vegetarian? On my best days, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, yeah, no, because I'm a, I, I'm a pescatarian. Oh, I'm sorry, pescatarian. Sorry, sorry, yeah. I'm a pescatarian. Why do fish not get a pass? That's the one thing. Like, why do fish get the pass of, of like, uh, that's the thing I'm allowed to eat. I've never understood that because it's not considered m- meat, even though uh, go it's ahead. an animal. I, I want to hear your go ahead. But see, we're talking about 
fish and like land animals and sea animals, I guess. I don't know. You would eat a shark? I guess it, it yeah, I would. You would eat. But the thing about it is, that's why I said on my best day, because I'm also trying, I'm, I am weaning off of fish myself. So you're going straight vegetarian? Or you're Veggie going, vegan, yeah. And that's like majority of the time is veggie vegan. You said if you felt better doing that? Yeah, because your body works less. Hmm. Your body processes foods that we eat. Yeah. And honestly, we eat as a culture too much. Yeah. I Portion wise. I love food. Yeah. And because uh, it's a social thing for us. It's an art, too. It is a social thing. We're trying so, to do what's called eat or drink. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So as a culture, we eat a lot. And we eat a lot of things that our body processes slowly. Mm. Not that we, you know what I'm saying? It's like everybody makes the case of like, oh, well, if we weren't, so, we can, we're humans. We can eat animals. It's like, yeah, of course we can. Yeah. It's dope that we can eat animals. You know what I'm saying? They have a lot of great benefits to us. We can also but, eat dirt. Yeah, we can. Right. But, you know, eating animals, like, your body just takes a lot more energy. Right. Takes a lot more energy to process. Like you'll be sitting with your food that you ate like a couple of days ago. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And that's yeah, there's I'm not knocking it at all. Yeah, I'm just saying from my personal experience, having a more plant based diet gives me uh, the vitamins, the energy, the protein that I need the same way because I'm not building for mass anymore. When I was a when I was a like an elite athlete, yeah, I had to eat more than I was comfortable eating because I had to gain weight. You, you know what I'm saying? Always. You know right. what I'm saying? So that was always like a struggle which ended up when I wasn't which ended up developing into a like a habit right. that I kept with me after playing sports. Right. So you can see how I had to make a shift. You know what I mean? I, so what is your go to meal right now? Like you're 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 working nonstop. Man. You know you're running. You're you're working in the studio. You you got a hundred products. You don't always have time to cook the meal that you want. Mm-hmm. Where's your go to place? Body Energy on Hollywood and Vine. Shout out to Bodywood Energy. Yo, Body Energy got the crazy like acai if bowls. You said, bro, I knew you were gonna say acai. Yo, bowl. you get fruit Who? in the morning, Mike, bro. I don't even know you anymore. Bro, yes, Bro, you, you do, pro- man. You pronounce spell acai. It's A C A I with like a C little swiggle. It's like a Brazilian word. It's just yogurt, right? No, it's a it's a berry that's um that's uh like mashed into like a sorbet. And this is filling for you. Yeah, cause look, they they take the acai and they mix it with like banana. They'll mix it with like apple juice or whatever. They like they like make it into like I've a, lost, a even bigger you. thing than it is, and then the garnishes would be like Mike, strawberries, you. bananas, blueberries, granola. You're all the way California now. Vegan protein. You make your own soap, don't you? You make your own. You make you make your own deodorant, don't you? Not yet, but <laughs> but but I am about to start making my own. Oh, I lost the conditioner. Oh, own, are you it's serious? Go, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a conditioner for dreads and. How about the hemp shirts? You was talking about the hemp shirts too. Yeah, man. Shout out to Super Ego. He's making Super Ego is the leading brand in um hemp clothing, fashion apparel. They have first of all, with hemp t shirts are first of all like softer than cotton and it takes fifty percent less water to manufacture. Do would you consider yourself a hippie? I consider myself 
whatever the hippie revolution <laughs> evolved into. Right. <laughs> whatever that is. I, yeah. I consider myself an indigo, for sure. <laughs> I consider myself a... Uh, 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 I don't know. I don't do labels, I, really. No, nah, I feel you. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't like labels either, man. Damn, so you... Are, yeah, you, I mean, like, I love to see that you have, like, the that carry in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of... You, you know the direction you want to go in. You're going to do these fitness challenges now. You're going to start running every day. Yeah. Yeah, man. What's, and what's your morning routine like? Man, my, the best version of my morning routine looks like this mm. because consistency is key. And For sure. I'm honest about that. You For know sure. what I'm saying? I still struggle with, like, waking up mm-hmm. at 6 to 7, six, let's say 6.30. Right. Wake up at 6.30. Be on the mountain by seven. Right. Hit the mountain from like seven to nine. Running for two hours. It's a three mile thing. I think in that two hours you can get like I think in an hour and a half you can get through it, and then you hit the body energy. Get yourself, you know what I'm saying. Either the smoothie or the acai bowl, depending on how you're feeling. The, sm- the, the acai bowl is dense, bro. Like it'll get you right. Then. <laughs> You feel me? Um, after that, you know, like, recently I've been having to, like, come to the Sound Academy earlier because, you know, we're in, like, phase two and we're, like, for really sure. getting and popping. For sure. So, do, do, like, waking up early and making time for yourself to do some kind of self-care. Not right. even self-care because I, I don't, that's not dope enough to mean, to, <laughs> like, but that's what it is. Yeah. You know, some kind of, like, superhero regimen. You got to develop a superhero <laughs> regimen for yourself. Yeah. Um, and make that time because, like, for me, it's not just about the physicality of the hike. It's really about <sighs> breathing and, like, getting to the top of the mountain and meditating mm-hmm. and, like, stretching and just taking time with, to yourself with your thoughts, being with your peers, having conversation mm-hmm. in nature. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just starting the day like that, bro. Saying hi to everybody in the morning. <laughs> everybody out and running in the morning, they're my friends, bro. <laughs> I, for sure. It's like, good morning. We're all doing this together. Good morning. Right. Yeah, man. It's like, yeah, out before the world. Right. Good morning. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a vibe. <laughs> it's a super vibe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Super vibe. That's what's up. So, yeah, energize yourself in the morning. Get your batteries charged because sleep is just half of the re-energizing process, I think. Do you get enough sleep? Yeah. You didn't sound like you're really convinced, like you're trying to convince yourself that you do. Yeah, man, because I'm in the process of like, right now I'm compromising. Mm. Right now I'm like really trying to stick to this. It's like, what's give? What's going to give? Like me going to bed earlier or me getting less sleep to get up early? Mm-hmm. Feel me? Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at with it. Like getting up early is not, is non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. So I am going to have to start going to sleep earlier mm. to get more sleep. For sure. Yeah. I believe in sleep, though. I don't believe in, like... <clears throat> coffee. I don't believe in coffee. Yeah, I don't believe. Really. I believe in weed, though. Yeah. And... But that's a different... Conver- not a different conversation. And the sativas or all of it? Just for the sake of the argument, all of it. Mm. Prefer- preferentially, I'm an indica person now. Mm. <laughs> Just because... <laughs> There's a theory behind that. We'll get into that. You know I don't function off indicas. We've been over this. That, well, we'll get into it now then. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why <laughs> you have to smoke OG is because... OG Kush? <clears throat> OG Kush. 
is because it's a mind training. Mm. And I learned that through the big homies at 1500. Mm. We only smoke the one. Mm. And that's a method that you should you should stick. do everything the one. Okay. Stick, how stick. you do one thing is how you do all things. Stick so sticks on one strain. The highest strain of whatever strain that you Okay. The best of the best strain. Right. You buy if you're gonna smoke weed, smoke top shelf. If you can't afford top shelf, then you're smoking mids. Mids and now you have to smoke more weed to get high. Right. And, and you're spending more high. money to smoke that. So you might as well. You feel me? This right. economics we're talking. <laughs> Stay with me. This is the invisible hand. Right. <laughs> but so when you when you when you smoke, uh, so indica is characterized as like a downer. Okay. Or whatever. But it's not necessarily a downer. It's just a downer in comparison to like yeah. the upper, which the more euphoric high, which is sativa. Sativas, yeah. So if you smoke an indica thinking that you're going to get a sativa high, the contrast is going to make you feel right. like it's going to put you on your ass because the expectation was off. Right. So the reason why, so everybody, what I've learned is the highest functioning people who use cannabis in entertainment smoke. Stick to. Indica. Right. OG, the okay. highest strength across the board. Yeah. Knowing that, I don't, however it got that way. Yeah. I mean, it is that way. Mm-hmm. So with that being the fact, if you plan to be in these environments claiming that you're a weed smoker, yeah, and you step into a room, right, a room that's in an important room at that where you're expected to perform at a certain level, talking about some yeah, I smoke, mm-hmm. I create, wah 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 wah. Don't talk that shit. Mm-hmm. If you're not ready, right. <laughs> don't talk that shit. <laughs> so you smoke indica to get ready for that moment. Right. <laughs> right, right. And right. also too, when your mind when your mind develops like uh, an affiliation for that state, that level. Yeah, it doesn't become like, it doesn't become like a right a thing. It becomes like I have control over the highest strain of. You've been cannabis training that your brain. Is. Yeah, you train your brain to right. function at the highest level. Right, and it's really that's a bar, yo. I don't think people understand that. So, do you dabble in the the waxes or or pens at all, or you stick to one strict way? Just you stick to the one strain. I think pen, I think uh, dabs are excessive. Mm. I don't smoke uh, to test my capacity for coherence. Like college. Yeah, I don't do it for that. The, the gravity bond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't I do it for recreation yo, at all. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I remember just, I feel like I feel like East Coast, and you've been on both now. Mm-hmm. I feel like East Coast and West Coast smoking is completely different. I feel like West yes. Coast smoking, people use it to enhance their day. I feel like East Coast smoking people use it as that's the activity for the day. Yeah. Like people try to get as floored as they possibly can yep. on the East Coast. And over on the West Coast, it's like, let's go hoop. Let's smoke and go hoop. Right. Because it's such an abundant resource and it has been right. in our culture for such a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, I say our. You're yeah, actually from yeah, out yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you appropriating my culture right. over here. Nah. <laughs> but no, I'm, I think that, uh, yeah, we use it as a tool to enhance what we're focused on. Right. If you're focused on the weed and that's what you're doing, that's where you'll be. Yeah. But if you're focused on getting this work done and how I use it is like I already have a hyperactive mind as we discussed before. Right, yeah. So first of all, using sativas is not necessarily where my mind wants to be, doesn't want to be higher. Yeah. Activity wise. Right. You know what I'm saying? It kind of needs to be like slowed down. Mm -hmm. So you can focus yeah, it just needs to be slowed down just a little bit, but not slow me down. Yeah. Slow the wheels, right? Because the focus and the productivity 
that's like the um that's like the mechanics that's yeah. like the physical yeah you know what i'm saying if you're a trained pianist you're not going to play your chords though cuz you're high yeah you know what i'm saying you're going to be slower your the, the thought process in your mind is going to slow down so that you can make yeah. decisions yeah at the speed, like slower in your mind, but yeah. at the rate that you're playing in real life, if that makes any sense. For sure. Um, I used to uh, like enjoy uh, using marijuana before like I would go work out. It helped me like concentrate on everything going on. Um, and yeah, it just helped me concentrate on everything going on. I, I felt like I was able to focus on um, like my workout, focus on the muscles I was trying to use, and, and it helped me kind of get in that tunnel zone of not focusing on three, thirty, fifty, forty other people, you know, working out, which always dist- I always get distracted hella easy. Yeah, bro. Um, sorry, you just made. I I just figured that we would. That's good. Yeah. You know. Of course. We're smoking now just because it's. Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Saturday afternoon, yeah. Um, what does success look like for you? Success looks like tapping into my highest potential, which you have. You which you don't even you haven't even seen that yet. You Matter of fact, you're right. And because of that, I'm gonna change what I said. Okay. It means actualizing my highest potential in every moment. Yeah. It means creating things. That means something to me and affecting other people at the highest scale that mm. it can possibly reach. Mm. It means building things that are going to last. It means creating systems, mentalities, organizations, companies, brands, products, music, vibes, experiences that elevate the culture on a micro and macro level. Mm. We have to we have to, we're, we're headed into the third industrial revolution. We're headed into a, the next wave of rethinking how we're doing everything right right now. Right. And to be a part of this period in time, yeah, is a blessing and is not something that I take lightly. For sure. So it really just looks like creating for the greater good of humanity. For sure. For sure. <laughs> um, but it, but at the same time, keeping balance in my personal life and staying centered, remaining in connection with God's spirit in the universe. Right. And flowing at that state, not forcing anything um, and just accepting blessings with gratitude, humility, and staying a student forever. Right. You're 27 right now. Yes. What would you tell 17-year-old Mike Wallace? What would you go back 10 years ago if you were able to tell him one thing? Keep doing music. I know you will. I mean, I would encourage him first and foremost. I'd just be like, everything that you think about yourself is true. Yeah. Believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. If I had the opportunity to say that and use the memory of seeing my future self say that to me as I kept going forward. Yeah. Which I feel like I've. That's what I'm saying. Done. <laughs> look, where, look where you are. Isn't that, isn't that weird to think that? Yeah. I've definitely had conversations with future you, future me, or my higher self. Well, that's a different time. No, the timeline <laughs> timelines is crazy, man. Yeah. Just so you know. But what I would say to him, what did, what did 17 Mike struggle with? 
probably it's women always. I would just be like, bro, <laughs> try to figure that out sooner. Yeah. <laughs> That she don't don't fuck around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't fuck around as much. They get they get better later. Just try to be more emotionally available for yourself or for them. Yourself for them. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. we have some queens in this world who will never see their king because we won't see ourselves. Mm. So I would encourage myself to. I would just encourage myself to like tap in on a level that's not the ego. Hmm. It's going to be the ego because you're 17. I get that. Yeah. But try to tap into spirituality a little bit more. For sure. And find peace in wherever you're at. I like you said. I was like, I feel like I was really uneasy. I was always trying to prove always something. I was always trying to be. I don't know. I was just never satisfied. I didn't have a sense of gratitude. Right. That's what I would tell my 17-year-old self. Be humble. I was humble, but I didn't have gratitude. Mm. Gratitude and humble humility is different. Gratitude is appreciating and finding love and light and appreciation and content with everything. Mm-hmm. Or it's the, it's the act of having that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And applying gratitude in every moment is the key, bro. Mm-hmm. I had a I had a statement that I said on Instagram the other day, and I said anything that's not gratitude is a low vibrational illusion, mm. because we are human beings living this reality right now. I'm alive, my guy. Yeah, we're all alive. You know what I'm saying? So gratitude first and foremost. First and foremost, mm-hmm. there are times where I never i didn't ever used to say thank you when i woke up in the morning you know what i'm saying just woke up because i just woke up you feel me yeah i'm so grateful for today because everything worked out so perfectly for sure you woke up yeah i saw you today bro i couldn't even have have tried to do that i ain't seen you in a year dude dude (laughs) grateful bam so grateful bro it's crazy so but when the low vibrational illusion is feeling like you have lack or feeling like the moment's not perfect, or mm-hmm. feeling like doubt, or feeling all these different things that end up making you ungrateful. Yeah. Thus, like blocking more blessings to come your way. Gratitude sure. is the gateway to blessings. For sure. And if you're not, if you're not content or happy or grateful or appreciative of what's in front of you, yeah. Right now, what makes you think that you're ready for the thing that you want? In the future, you're just the thing that you don't have chasing something that you're not gonna, yeah, you're not gonna appreciate. Yeah, for sure. If you get the that makes sense. Yeah, man. Like I'm very grateful for the fact that I don't have a car and I have to take the train here. You feel me? Right. That's like a situation you could that very a lot of easily complain the other way around. I wish I had a car versus bro, yeah. and I do still, but then I have to catch myself. Yeah, it's like bro. It's a lot of positives. It's a lot of positives. Right. Saving bread. It's forcing me to wake up earlier because it takes me longer. Right. Now I'm writing music again. Right. And I have time. I have a two-hour commute where I'm writing music, listening to um, what I recorded the night before. It's yeah. like I'm f- I have my audio books now. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's so many positives. You that's, just got to figure it out. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. What do you miss about the East Coast? Family. Seasons. V- 
uh man just the vibe mm-hmm. of <clears throat> fashion <laughs> wearing like winter clothes and stuff yeah, like autumn sure. clothes like i still wear hoodies in, out here just so yeah you know yeah. cuffing season <laughs> i miss cuffing season <laughs> that so. was real out there <laughs> man Cuff, the dynamics here as soon as it rains huh the dynamics <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. As soon as right, as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as I, I miss man. East Coast people are my people. Yeah, for you sure. Feel me? I didn't gain family in my close knit circles. Yeah. Until the wave came out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're from New York. Um, oh, okay. you know they're from the East Coast. And that's why y'all bonded. Exactly. Most and I was yeah. Like it was such a blessing. Yeah. Look, me being ungrateful at Apple. Mad. Even though I'm making money to pay for my album, which I wasn't grateful for because, like, the experience was so shitty. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, but, no, nah, I really just had an overall ungrateful attitude towards it because I was resisting being at a day job. Yeah. And not understanding what that would do. Like, I didn't understand that. I I didn't fully, I wasn't fully grateful for the fact that I had a job. Right. I had a job with benefits. I was so ungrateful to the point where like I wouldn't even use the benefits because I was just on some like I'm just here to collect that check and put it right into the studio down the street of truth. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't utilize that experience or that opportunity right. to its maximum ability until I mean I just didn't. You know what I'm saying? I used the opportunity that it took for me to form a bond with the wave and keys and everybody like that and get out of there. Like right. You know, there's a balance, right? I believe that, like, yo, we're better than our day jobs. For sure. We got to get the fuck out. For sure. I'm like the Harriet Tubman of day jobs, bro. <laughs> Back in those days. Right. I but remember. I'm really the Harriet Tubman of freedom, bro, because yeah. it's just like, you got to be free. And, like, if I can't find my peace in the situation, and granted, there were also forces in that mm-hmm. specific situation that mm-hmm. was tugging at my spirit, too. Right. And I just had to figure out the balance of, like, how do I make the best of this or I have to make a move. Right. What has been a highlight of living in Los Angeles? Um, discovering wellness. Mm. That for sure. lifestyle. For sure. Because on the East Coast, as you know, it's like very fast paced. M- well, do you know? Come on, man. I got a crash course in the East Coast at Penn State. I learned what. You're right. right. To be a New Yorker. I am so sorry I played you like that, bro. I'm so sorry. I, I love like it, man. Nah, it's good. It's <laughs> good. It was funny, man. Like, when I first went to school on the East, like, when I first went to school on the East Coast, man, I like, I really thought that, like, I had, I had, I was not going to make any friends. I thought everybody was hella mean, right? People were just hella honest. And you had to earn hella, your, honest. hella honest. And I remember coming home the first time after, after making friends at, at school. And like all my friends at, back home in, in the Bay were just like, Ox, like, yo, you're really mean. Uh, you know, I, I was taking that Philly, that New York that I learned, and I was right. doing that shit it to my friends. It served you, bro. It served you. You know, I'm talking shit to the people I love the most. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, of course. Yes, I yes, I, I know what it's like on the East. It is very fast paced. Everyone is, because it's, it's fucking cold outside, man. It's cold. No one got time to be, hey, how's it going? Exactly. Oh, you know, it's like, yo, is this conversation gonna benefit me That's right true. now no it's fast okay. for a lot of different reasons it's right. fast for a lot of reasons i'm gonna miss my fucking train right now do that we, part what is this conversation mean anything right now i remember right. i used to get looked sideways holding dope for people 
They're like, what? Fuck, you think I can't open my own door? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love that, man. I miss that. I feel like when I came back home, I realized how fake nice everyone was and how much that really bothered me. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a beautiful attribute here, comedy. Just that perspective alone. Yeah. But LA taught me so much about like moving slower. Yeah. Because you don't have to force things. Things actually come to you when you're still. Right. And that's like a bar. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> a bar. There's right. so many bars out here. Right. I learned, I, I got connected to all the greatest um, leaders in their industry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to do music, yeah. film, yeah. medicine, right. you know what I'm saying? Chinese medicine, yoga, right. you know, get into some other shit. You learn how to play chess out here. Yeah. You learn how to, like, s- slow play it. Exactly. Let the moves work for you. Exactly. Instead of checkers and stuff, like trying to collect as much as you can get. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, But I was open to it, though, because when we decided to move out to, when me and Aiden decided to come out here, it was between New York and L.A., and it was like we had done New York. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not done it. No. You know what I'm saying? But, like, we understood it. Right. It was like, I think I need a whole new perspective. I think I need a whole... If it's popping over there, mm. why? You know, let's figure that out. And I'm I, I'm going to assume your answer, but looking back, would you change the decision that you made now to from New York to L.A.? No, never. Of course. I never. Can yeah. No, never, because what I did was build a bridge between the coasts. Mm. I can't wait to come back. Yeah. What we're doing here, we're going to do all over the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is the X-Men School for Creative Geniuses, L.A. Yeah. The fifteen hundred Sound Academy, L.A. How many X Men on the East Coast? How many X Men on the East Coast? How many X Men are in Paris? How All many X Men in Africa? Right. You feel me? It's gonna. It's, it's a movement, man. It can't be stopped. This is a shift in culture. Right. Shift in education. Right. Shift in inter- entertainment. We call it edutainment. Mm. Education. The bridge between edu- education and entertainment. For sure. For creative people. Yeah. The reason why a lot of us fail in school is because we're not stimulated. Mm-hmm. Is because it's too dull. Right. The subject matter doesn't apply to us, right. or it's not presented to us in the correct way. Right. I know thousands of, I know so many people, including myself, mm. who claim to be bad at math. But until you present it to them in ways that they can apply it, mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I understand fractions. Yeah. How come when you learn percentages in school, they never talked about money or, or split sheets or business yeah, Sally deals? Has six and, apples." I ain't like fucking apples. You talking about apples? <laughs> I understand. I understand what's happening, you know, on Wall Street. Right. Not Wall Street, but like a bit. Like, okay, so and so has this percentage company, right? This, or like, if we, why not money? Right. I don't know. Money's like the least taught about thing. And why you're in school, which is should, the thing that you should be learning about. Exactly. What are we talking about? Who that is? Nah. Um. Well, look, man. Um, is there any lasting messages that you have? Number man. one, number one, I, I appreciate you sitting down with me because, it, it, like I said, it has been a year. It's been a year out the blue. I feel like this conversation is rushed, bro. I feel like we could put the mic down, pick it back up, and just do this another hour. I don't know, man. It's been it's so much to talk about. There's so so much. much we will talk about when this mic is shut <laughs> it's off. It's shut off. But 
I guess lasting words, I think, um, thank you for allowing me to speak, man, because I've been in the cave, like, really working on myself. Yeah. Really working on my craft. I can see it. Yeah, thank you. Like, really applying that elite mentality that I was raised with for to sure. where I am today, and for it sure. converts, you know what I'm saying? For I, sure. I really want to be an example, not only to um, athletes now, creatives now, mm-hmm but for the next and future generations because we should never be put in boxes. No. We should always be striving to be the greatest version and the most expansive expansive versions of ourselves and um, let nobody stand in the way of that. You know, the Free Life Enterprises is a, an official licensed business Yeah, from the college dorm, you know what I'm saying? From right. like, you know, that's it's a story that I plan to tell um, through example, so look out for a lot, a lot of new music, experiences, visuals, classes, edu- education, platforms, <laughs> anything I create, I'm not holding back. Tupac said, "I may not change the world, but I may, I will spark the brain that will change." Yo, shouts to Tupac, you found him, man. I'm going to change the world. Yeah, and it's that same frequency and that same vision that Pac had. You know what I'm saying? I have that vision. We have that vision. Right. Our generation has that vision. It's it's a collective. It's not going to be me that's going to change the world. It's going to be it's us. Yeah, it's going to sure. be we. For sure. You know what I mean? The X-Men superheroes of this generation, bro. That's what it is. Man, I love it, man. Hey, well, listen, I appreciate you. Do you have any music that's going to come out anytime soon? Personal, yeah, bro. Private? I actually I, I had a show last night for the first time in months. Damn. And last I debuted. Night, <laughs> I'm just checking. My phone works. My bro, works. I be forgetting how you close you live, low, though. I got low. You know, I got low bars right now. That's fair. <laughs> you know, I'm on. Yeah. No, I was telling my cousins today. They're like, oh, man, you should have told me. My thing about this is mm. I do this music shit like I take it really seriously. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't the energy that it takes to individually oh, yeah. invite people and be like, come out, no, come I out, come that, out. Yeah. is energy that I can be using to prepare and right. like, no, I get, get myself in that state. You know, For sure, I, I get that. So I apologize. I put it no, on my no, story. No, 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 I'm gonna no, put no, it no, on no. my Instagram. You, you, you know, I can feel that. I, I'm coming from a comedic standpoint. Yeah. People always how come you didn't invite me? I'm like I made a post. I made a post, I and I was getting follow. ready yeah. <laughs> for you to show up. Right, right, right. I feel that. <laughs> show up. Yeah. If you want to come, you can make an effort. I feel you. You know what's going on. Right. So no, I debuted some new music that I'm doing with uh, a brilliant producer, songwriter, musician by the name of Lightfoot. Mm. Um, we're pretty much crafting a, a brand new sound mm. and, um, yeah, man, I'm really excited to be diving back into music. You know, I took some time off mm. just to learn, mm. you know what I mean? Like sure. <clears throat> it's hard to be a professional and a student at the same time. Yeah. You understand? So a good friend of mine told me once he, I asked him, I was like, bro, you're so good. You should, you could be professional. He was like, well, I know that. Yeah. But if. The second I go professional is the second that I won't have enough time to practice. That's true. That's true. That's true. So that was a bar for me. And that's something that I shots to send me in spots with young genius. Most shout outs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I took that approach and I was just like, let me be a student because after two failed albums, when I got out here, yeah, I realized that I wasn't doing something right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I took time to develop wave learn from their journey mm. you know what i'm saying i took time to learn from 1500 sound academy or not not sound academy but 1500 or nothing yeah as a as a movement and see how how rance navigated his individual career and h- how he built his empire right you know what i mean 
<clears throat> and and now it's like the time where I take all that information and I become the light that I am and like really get out and inspire the world because people need to see me and they need to see my story. They need to see people like me. Mm-hmm. And the, the the farther that I go, the farther I can bring everybody around. So we're deep too. Afro House is a movement that you do not want to not be a part of. Like right. it's the most beautiful thing. It's a celebration of the diaspora. Right. And um, we're a group of artists, creators, painters, singers, poets, musicians, speakers, influencers who have come together to throw um, Afrocentric diaspora celebrating events um, with a partnership with Airbnb. Yeah, um, I see. I, I see. Yeah. I see you talk. I see you posting about that stuff, man. Bro, like independent. Like, listen, bro. Yeah. Can I can I just talk some shit real quick? Talk some shit. Young black independent entrepreneurs partnering with the biggest corporations in the world where did that happen god man is good god is so good bro yeah airbnb chose us to launch their platform airbnb concert experiences and there are african faces Mm. on a global campaign where does that happen i can't write this bro i can't make this up (laughs) Shouts to Gregory Stutzer, shouts to Kelly, shouts to The Wave, Badi, Tariq. Man, they've started something so big with The Wave and yeah. it's become a, an ocean. It's become like its own landmass, mm-hmm. bro. Afro House is a global, global movement. Well, tell tell everyone that's listening where they can follow all these things that you're talking about. Check this out. You can follow me at Mike Walls with a Z. With a Z. You feel me on Instagram? That's two all. L's. I've decided that I'm gonna narrow my social media thing to just like one platform. Yeah. So that's where you can find me because I don't have time or attention for anything else. <laughs> SoundCloud, MySpace, Black Planet. Yeah. yeah. Nope. <laughs> it's gonna be Instagram until the Mike Walls app is developed. Shout mm. out to my future developer. Mm. Um. And you can find Afro House at Afro House underscore at. at Instagram. I think it, the website is experienceafrohouse.com. Okay. Um 1500 Sound Academy, that's 1500 Sound Academy. You can follow us on Instagram, 1500sound.academy is our website. Stay tuned for all these different um celebrity instructors that we're bringing to the academy to teach what they know mm. about everything that they're expert in. Right. Um, we had Coot Corral, Rihanna's uh, vocal engineer, come in and do an amazing workshop. Right. We're gearing up for um, Mixed by Ali, mm. uh, doing a workshop on engineering. He's going to be breaking down some of his greatest, bro, you don't even want to miss that. I'm so grateful for that. Like, I'm excited. That's going to be tomorrow. Um, and we just have all that stuff rolling out, man. Like, stay tuned. Keep it locked. We're changing culture. We're creating a new wave of edutainment. Edutainment. There is a place and a space for you to learn how to build a creative career for yourself. That is the 1500 Sound Academy, the X-Men School for Creative Geniuses. Man, well, Mike, I appreciate, I, honestly, man, I appreciate your time. This is fun. This is one of the first episodes. Let's go. Holla at, holla at me, Ox with the Socks podcast. Ox with the Socks podcast. We here, baby. <laughs> we here, baby. Let's go. All right, y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh.
at the top of the elevator Making my moves and no hesitation Aura shine brighter than diamonds Dark energy killing with kindness I just gotta get it Really out here winning, winning. Follow the light that's inside us